0: To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel very sorry for Green Party MP James Shaw today. I almost, almost said, almost called him Green Party co-leader. But of course, as of the weekend, he's not. After the party voted to kick him out and put it to the vote to find out whether members want him to continue or want someone else. Shaw is having a media conference at 10 o'clock, but he's already confirmed today that he is going to put his hat back in the ring to try and get re-elected back into the job. Which, when you think about it, it's a bit like someone being made redundant, and having to reapply for the same role, isn't it? So I'm feeling very sorry for him. But at the same time, I'm not in the least bit surprised. I'm sorry for him, because as climate change minister, he was always going to be on a hiding to nothing when it came to keeping the Green Party faithful, happy, and not looking like he sold his soul for politics or sold his soul to Labour. But I'm not surprised, given there will always be an element within the Greens who aren't prepared to compromise. And James Shaw's political life has been full of compromise, especially since he's been climate change minister. If you think back to the 17th of May... This year. It was the day after the government's emissions reduction plan came out. And I could see then what happened at the weekend was coming. As I said at the time, I thought the emissions plan was a dog's breakfast, and I thought James Shaw was toast. And the plan itself, first of its kind, here in New Zealand, with the goal of getting us to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. But it was, and still is, as far as I'm concerned, a mishmash of nothing. I remember the day it came out, I was talking to someone who well, had had a minor involvement in putting it together, and they said part of the problem was there'd been too many cooks in the kitchen. The main issue being Treasury's over-the-top involvement, which inevitably meant economics went out over the environment. And because that happened, I was convinced that James Shaw was on shaky ground as far as co-leadership of the Green Party was concerned. I thought the rabid greenies within the party would be very dark on James Shaw, especially because the emissions plan doesn't really crack down on agriculture and is probably seen by some as a get-out-of-jail card for farmers. And as it turns out, they were very dark on Shaw, and we saw it come to some form of fruition at the weekend with them voting to toss him out of his co-leadership role and see if someone else wants to take it on. Now, that someone else hasn't shown their hand yet, although there's been a bit of talk about Chloe Shawbrook being a contender. But we'll see what happens on that front over the next wee while. The party's got up to five weeks to hold a vote on the co-leadership role, but I imagine it won't want to muck around. But whatever happens, the Prime Minister has already told Shaw that his job as climate change minister is safe, which makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, why would she want to bring someone else in from the Greens uh, to the tent when she seems to have James Shaw under control makes sense to me but it does raise the question This is what I want to cover this morning it does raise the question as to whether we still need a Green Party in New Zealand because when you think about it awareness of climate change and its impact on the environment is not a was well, not a niche market anymore for want of a better term you know back in the day when Rod Donald and Jack Fitzsimons were co-leaders I think New Zealand was a very different place and the Green Party was probably seen then broadly as not much more than an offshoot of the Values Party. And Green politics was certainly on the fringe. They weren't in the mainstream, were they? But if you fast forward to today, and the Green Movement's fingerprints are everywhere. They're on everything. A lot of it to do with the increased global awareness of the challenges facing our natural environment. Some of it probably to do also with the way that we are so much more interconnected with each other through the internet and social media. In Ron Donald's day, there were no Green Party websites or Facebook pages or Twitter accounts. No hashtags, no Instagrams, none of that. Also these days, we now have the likes of the climate change minister role in cabinet. So the politics of the environment are now well and truly in the mainstream. So does it really matter if the Greens self-implode over the next few weeks, brought down by the likes who within the party are probably quite happy to be agitators on the fringe and not sellouts like they probably think James Shaw has become. And more generally, do we still actually need a Green Party here in New Zealand? Now, I would say that whenever there is a centre-left government in power, the role for the Greens is much less. But as soon as you get the likes of National and or Act in government, well, I think that's when the Greens would come into their own. Because when was the last time, think, when was the last time you heard Christopher Luxon or David Seymour speak passionately about the environment? I would say never. Maybe a bit of lip service here and there, but not in a way that tells me that the likes of the Green Party wouldn't be needed, at least on the sidelines, making sure a centre-right government didn't let the economy win over the environment every day. So even though we are all much more environmentally aware these days, I think there is definitely still a need and still a role for the Green Party to play in New Zealand politics. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy.